0: We are getting to the root of what ADHD is once and for all. Dr. Shonda is here to break it all down for us. Stick around. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her for the legal stuff though not the illegal stuff
1: and i'm germany the loyal friend who keeps you laughing i'm a ray of sunshine and you can always find me on the dance floor and not only are we besties but we're your besties
0: you heard me right
1: it's homegirl vibes here
0: get ready for the girls to dish the real the raw and the fucking funny
1: and listen we may drag you but it's always in
0: love let's start the show cuties Hey y'all welcome back
1: welcome back girlies and boys <laughs> i'd like to say that men are listening to this podcast y'all, and i love that for y'all
0: i love that for y'all too i, I love that the I men are that. listening every time we discover a new male listener it's like oh get in here you don't are touch finding nothing. value in the thoughts of women yes it feels it feels good. Yes, I love that. So welcome. Welcome all of y'all. Welcome. And speaking of feelings, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. How are you feel? Yeah, I am feeling good. I'm feeling good too.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But yes, y'all, we are here. Wrapping up mental health awareness month. This has been a great month. I feel like these episodes have Spoke to my soul and to the souls of many because people have been in the comments and on instagram saying This was just what I needed And that always makes me feel good when we're providing the content that resonates with you And meets you right where you are because sometimes that's all we need and it's also meeting me where I am like, you know, I feel like Although we do create
1: the content, it's resonating with all of us. So it's not just for y'all. It's for us, too. FUBU.
0: Oh, baby, this month has definitely been for us. Yeah. Speaking of for
1: us, today's episode is for me.
0: What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be getting into
1: ADHD, all of the things and really from a clinical standpoint, not just us being homegirls who are like we share with y'all all all the time, are not licensed, are not professionals. So having a clinician here to really talk about the feelings and what it is, is going to be really beneficial. Yes. Because I had an experience trying to talk to my homegirls
0: about it. And, you know, we did have an experience. Do you want to share? I will
1: share. So um, earlier this month, we went to Love Day. Love Day is hosted by Kids of Immigrants, which is a um, worldwide brand at this point here in Los Angeles. So it was a really great time. But I've noticed I noticed while I was there, I was having feelings of social not it's not it was not social anxiety because I did not feel socially anxious, but not necessarily wanting to engage not be as social social resistance is what I would call it okay, social yeah. resistance.
0: So um, all of us. What, and it was a huge event like there were hundreds of people and you know, when you're out in L.A., when you're at an event like that, the odds of you seeing someone that, you know, are enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a family reunion vibe, like, okay, people that I usually see on social, I'm going to see here.
1: Yeah. And I think when I go out, I know I'm likely going to see somebody. So that was fine, you know, but we were all there. Small group. You already know how it gets gang. And um, some of the gang had departed and it was just Brittany and I left. So I felt in my spirit that I wanted to move around and get some sun. But I had this subconscious unconscious um, feeling that and thought I want to go, but I don't want to talk to anybody that came naturally for me. And I spoke out loud. I just spoke my thoughts instead of just thinking them. And I was like, I want to walk over there, but I don't want to talk to anybody. And Brittany said, what? (laughs) And I was like, uh, I want to walk around, but I don't want to have to like engage. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anybody to talk to me. And she was like, I'm sure no one's thinking about you. This is what you said.
0: I know what I said. (laughs) I did. I said, I'm sure no one's worried about you like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can walk around. Yeah. Because in my mind, I was thinking again, this is this is before that I had more information. But in my mind, I'm thinking. The way the way that I have received that is like you just think that people are waiting to speak with you. And as soon as you get up, people are going to be like, oh, my God, and try to have these long, extensive conversations. And I'm like, girl, I did not I don't want to sit here in this same spot all day. Right. And you were like,
1: you need to stay home.
0: You should have stayed
1: home. And I was like, uh, well, that took a little left turn. What the fuck? Where do we how do we end up here? Mm-hmm. So when Brittany responded that way in the moment, I didn't think anything about it. I thought it was a little harsh, but it was also it's not far fetched from her to just be like direct or that to just be a part of her personality. Because, again, she's not thinking that it's making me feel any kind of way. You're just speaking from a logical standpoint. Like if you don't want to be social, then you probably shouldn't have came out.
0: And outside of the norm, because you have never said you had never said that before.
1: Yes, I had never disclosed that. But when I went home and I started I started to already feel like maybe the way that I interact is a little bit different than other people. And I think because I feel like a lot of times my differences are so stark that I try to adapt adapt yeah I try to adapt and make it seem like no it's not a thing like obviously I I can do what everybody else is doing and it's no tea but the truth is it's tea and I felt I felt a way about it after I got home and like processed it and I told her the next day like honestly I think I need to get an assessment to see if I have ADHD or some or yeah ADHD because I'm noticing that whatever is going on is starting to impact me more than I thought it did. I'm noticing diff- different symptoms more than than I usually do. And I think noticing if there is a difference between the two of us will allow for us to understand one another better. It'll allow me to understand myself better and uh, give myself grace in understanding like this is just who you are. Like this is how you operate. This is how you process and it's okay. And it'll give the people around me a better understanding as to how to handle me and interact with me. Because in the moment, I didn't feel anything. But when I thought about it later, I was like, it kind of hurt my feelings because I didn't have any control over that emotion at that moment, you know? And it felt a little callous.
0: Yeah. Like the bottom of a foot. She did. She did the next day. So then, of course, I felt bad for hurting her feelings and. We went through the whole thing, and I was even saying, okay, even if there isn't like a confirmed diagnosis, there are differences between us that have to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't mean like, okay, this makes it valid because there's a diagnosis. It's just if there's differences, there's differences. I was thinking in the moment, like, okay, well, what the hell? We're at a social event. But the reality is, sometimes people are at social events and they don't want to be. Necessarily social or being social looks different for yeah. them like just being there is probably like, you know, I'm being social mm-hmm. So once she said that i'm like god damn <laughs> Now i'm the bad guy But I was glad that you did like, you know, make me aware of how you were feeling mm-hmm. so we we talked through it and We did agree that You probably need to speak with a doctor yeah. <laughs> he You know, me. you need to speak because that's the only way to definitely confirm it For sure That's the only way to confirm it You can go through You can see that there's like A lot of alignment and possibility But I was encouraging her Yeah, like you should definitely get an assessment
1: Yeah, and that's on my 35 by 35 list
0: And this was just
1: Having this conversation today With Dr. Shonda Who we're gonna, you know Be chatting with in a bit Was so refreshing and empowering To just have a clinician here Because nobody here has a license So we can't be diagnosing folks We can't We thought it would be so beneficial to have a professional on the show to enlighten the girls because that's really what we want is enlightenment and fucking tools.
0: We do need tools. We do need tools, especially because the more that we learn about ADHD and hear about ADHD, there is a lot of girls or women who go undiagnosed because for a while this was looked at like something for boys. Like the CDC reported that. Boys are 13% more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls at 6%. And that's a a large gap. gap. So we want to have these conversations so that we can empower our community to, of course... Speak with a physician if you feel like, you know, you may be different and say that it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay for us to be different. We're all different. And those of us um, who may not have the diagnosis, we need to extend grace and have more patience for those that are. Yes. So I'm excited that we're having this conversation Up next we've got a few church announcements And then we're going to be chatting with Dr. Shonda Who's a licensed clinical psychologist And host of the Page and Dr. Shonda podcast Sit tight because y'all are going to love this conversation Yes
1: Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today.
0: Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking Account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right, no fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdrive fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So... If you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Booths are available to eligible chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com/disclosures for details. Okay, y'all. So, church announcement. <laughs> we need a little jingle there. Y'all know what you need to do. When you're here and if you're new here and you don't know let us tell you if you are here and you have not hit that bell button and you have not followed the show Please do so because by doing that you don't miss any of the episodes that are coming that have came And also make sure you rate the podcast. That means a lot to us. It means the world to us actually Yeah, and let us know how you're enjoying the um, the show as well
1: There's a little q a box. So just answer the little questions give whatever little feedback that you have and um Um, We appreciate it. We do. Also, you can join us over at our exclusive membership community, the Homegirl Hangout. We have so many amazing things going on over there. If you love what you hear on the main platform, you are really going to just lose it when you get over in the Homegirl Hangout. We have a Discord chat where we're keeping up with one another every day. We have monthly community challenges. We just wrapped up our Get Your Mind Right Challenge for Mental Health Awareness Month, which was just... Uh, so rewarding it was very rewarding it's really um awesome to have an accountability chat where you can check in every day and people are you know keeping up with you and you
0: know dropping tea it's encouraging we also have our book club and starting next month we are going to be doing workshops yeah yes so we're going to be teaching girl where we're not going to be teaching but professionals are going to come teach us how to do our makeup oh Uh, yeah We're going to do some things, cocktail making classes, meditation, all sorts of things. The girlies are doing big things in the homegirl hangout. So if you want to be a homegirl and you want to hang out, that is where you do it. That information is down in the show notes. But I got to shout out our new homegirls. Let's do it. We have Crystal. Hey, Crystal. Destiny. Hey, Destiny, girl. And Chloe. Hey, Chloe. Welcome, y'all. We appreciate y'all for joining us. Yes. Okay, y'all.
1: So we're going to get into this conversation with Dr. Shonda. we're gonna jump right into it so dr shonda every time we get ready to diagnose ourselves with anything, all the professionals are always saying, stay off of WebMD, stay off <laughs> a TikTok, child. Cause that's where we get our information from. Yes. I'm like, wait, I feel something, a cough. I'm looking it up since we have paged you. And now you are in the room. Can
2: you yes. let us know what is ADHD for sure? Uh, so ADHD is basically a disorder that's marked by either inattention. So having a hard time paying attention and focusing or hyperactivity, um, um, or there's also a combined type, so having hyperactivity and inattention. Typically, we diagnose it earlier in life, um, usually around 12 years or under. Uh, but because of, you know, the way society is set up, oftentimes, especially black people were, we're underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. I've been seeing a lot of people um, be very transparent and open about having later in life diagnosis, which I think Mm -hmm. is very empowering because a lot of people may feel like, you know what, something's a little different about me. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's that. Um, And to hear other people come out as they're older and say, yeah. It's been confirmed. (laughs) I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Um, It's so empowering. So I love that for us. But, you know, as I've been hearing the conversation more and more about ADHD, I was wondering, what's the difference between ADHD and ADD? Because I just want to know. I I just want to know. I'm not that I'm not that privy to it. But I know back in the day, I used to hear like ADD a lot. So and I haven't been hearing it that much, like in Mm -hmm. more recent times
2: yeah that's actually a great question. So what happens is so we have a, a book, right? It's called the Diagnostic Manual of uh, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Disorders. And so we use that book in order to diagnose individuals. So with each diagnosis there's a set of criteria that we look at to see like if they meet these symptoms or whatever. Um, so what happened is like maybe in the DSM one through, the third edition, it was called AD, ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. So as we progressed around the DSM, the fourth edition, around like 2014, probably, it turned into ADHD. So mm-hmm. it's, it's no more ADD anymore. It's all ADHD. And that's why they have like specific types. So you can have ADHD specifically related to inattention or specifically related to hyperactivity disorder or combined. Yeah, I actually seen that And and we've been talking about TikTok But shit, that is where I get some of my news from (laughs) Yeah Um, um, There was (laughs) a They they came for me on TikTok Because I told told people that we got to stop Diagnosing ourselves (laughs) Based on TikTok videos Because that's a real life thing It is It is, girl Um, (laughs) But I mean I think that at the end of the day, like, it's, it's nothing wrong with using TikTok to inform yourself about certain things. Um, but also, like, as a professional, I got to tell everybody, like, we can't just diag- self-diagnose based on what we see other people going through. Yes. And I, and I think that's a really great point because there is so much
1: information. There are people like you on TikTok who are still spreading credible information. But, you know, you just have to use your discernment, especially yes. when it comes to diagnosing. But you mentioned the different types. And I um, mm-hmm. had learned that today that there's type one and type two and type two is mainly prevalent prevalent in women and right isn't that right
2: yeah so so the specific (laughs)
1: category I
2: said, "Girl, what they saying?" Let me ask the doctor. Right, <laughs> silly. Um, yeah. So the specific categories are lumped into those um, those subtypes, right? So the inattentive type, the hyperactive type, and then the combined type. So with regard to like gender specific criteria, so women are more likely to be diagnosed with the inattentive type, mm. whereas like we might see boys and men being diagnosed with uh, mostly boys like that hyperactive hyperactive type. So what are
1: some common symptoms common and uncommon because I don't want to say I've self-diagnosed myself but yeah yeah, it's some of that and (laughs) sometimes I'm like oh wait that seems like it might be a symptom things that I thought were like personality just personality traits and like oh that's just how I am the more and more I'm getting informed and I'm looking and I'm moving towards steps to getting an assessment I'm like "Uh, that's actually seeming like a little neurodivergent so what are some common symptoms as well as some uncommon, uncommon common symptoms of adhd
2: yeah so like based on the textbook so having a hard time staying organized so if you're the type of person where it's like you know you're always losing something or you can't like stay organized at work or or school or whatever like that is a symptom of adhd um having a hard time focusing and paying attention for an extended period of time so if you find that you're you're often daydreaming or you're looking off into a daze like that's another symptom of adhd having a hard time like having socially having conversations with people right so like oftentimes when people say like you know it's hard to get a word in with that person or they often interrupt me sometimes that can be due to ADHD as well because Mm -hmm. like uh, because of that prefrontal cortex in the brain it kind of like tells you about like you know social skills and making good decisions or what have you and ADHD that prefrontal lobe is not where as developed as it should be. Mm -hmm. So you're less inclined to be able to have those like uh, healthy reciprocal conversations with other people. Um, And that's just a a few of the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, don't go thinking you have it just off of those symptoms, but (laughs) those are the ones that I've seen floating around commonly. And it's interesting because like, I've never felt like I had a, a problem with focusing, but Um, I've read studies or like I've read articles about how the digital living in this digital age and being on social media like we're consuming so much content little short form content some long form content and it's just we're being bombarded with it and sometimes I feel like my focus may be affected because of that but is there any scientific proof or studies that say that. Being in this digital age And consuming this digital content Or being on social media Can contribute to ADHD?
2: Yeah, that's another great question Um, So... Like you said like when we're constantly engulfed in like using technology constantly scrolling constantly engaging screen time Even like watching tv can be considered um, screen time or whatever like that can certainly cause us to like miss cues or like if somebody's talking to us, we're not going to pay attention or I'm going to be less focused on being able to like do my homework or do work-related activities because of you know I'm on tiktok. I'm on instagram. I'm on uh, the screen and even though these are symptoms of ADHD, then it can it can definitely um, not necessarily be a, be clinically at that level of ADHD, but it's ha- it's giving you a hard time because we're so focused and engulfed in that um, the digital era and being so uh, in- entrenched in in um, you know using devices and things of that nature. But for an individual who does have ADHD. Absolutely. It can exacerbate those symptoms. I tell, you know, I work primarily with um, adolescents and children and families or whatever. I tell my parents that I work with all the time, like, if your child has ADHD, it's really important for you to monitor that screen time, because that Mm -hmm. really can just exacerbate and intensify some of the things that they're already experiencing.
0: Yeah that makes sense I I would wonder like how can we differentiate between okay I just have a lack of focus or this is probably something bigger like ADHD because I know for me I feel like it may be a lack of focus it's like girl you know you're supposed to be studying I'm not really interested in the shit that I'm studying so then it's like my mind wanders off and next thing I know I'm on TikTok so how (laughs) can we like what's something that we can an indicator that we can use to differentiate between the two yeah, so anybody can be
2: off focus, right? Anybody can be distracted by something. So are you distracted when you're using TikTok at home or do you find yourself like constantly distracted in various settings, right? Because in order for somebody to meet that criteria of ADHD, it has to, those symptoms has to occur in two or more settings, including at home, at school or at work or, you know, some other setting. So it's not necessarily just like focused on when you're using um, like digital things and screen time or what have you, but more so like Across the board What does it look like If it's not across the board Then it's likely You don't meet that criteria
0: That is so helpful That's so helpful We just had an episode On therapy speak And that like drives the point home that we shouldn't be so quick to be like, girl, you know, I got ADHD. I say that all the time with t- <laughs> watching TVs because my friend are like, watch this show. And I'm like, y'all know I got TV ADHD. I can't no. watch- <laughs> I can't <laughs> watch these shows. But it's like, girl, no, you just don't you just can't really focus on TV sometimes. It's not really your thing. But if we're having a conversation, I can be engaged if I'm doing like some work that I'm interested in. I don't have a problem with focusing. So it's probably just the activity, not that, you know, I, I'm, I need to diagnose myself
1: yeah i know i i struggle with focusing um even in conversation it's really challenging for me to focus mm-hmm. um and it like Brittany will be talking to me or i'll be telling her a story i'll just stop talking and start doing something else and people tell me all the time like i hate when you tell me stories yes. because it's so hard and i'm like girl hold on i'm doing this thing or let me do this one other thing and then i'll come back to you and just thinking about how difficult it can be to get an assessment in these ages where a lot of us who a lot of us see, I'm putting myself in the category of, (laughs) but for the girls who might feel like I might be a little like off or something might be a little different and you're recognizing in these later, later in life, right? Like I'm going to be 35 this year. And up until recently, I've never thought that something might be different from about me than my friends. How do we move towards deciding when is a good time to get an assessment or like really figure out, is there something wrong, nigga?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's what I want first to know. Of all, first of all, 35 wear. But um, like that's another <laughs> <my> story. Um, <laughs> But also, you know, as soon as you notice that you feel like you're what we call like deviating from the norm. Right. So mm-hmm. like we're we're not. um you know, functioning how we used to function or you feel as though you're you're not meeting uh, specific deadlines or meeting certain tasks, like I always say it's best just to reach out if, if you have questions about it. Um, simply because like we don't want you to go your entire life And just not be diagnosed with something that could be explained by having a specific diagnosis so that people can actually treat you uh, with things that we treat people with uh, for ADHD, such as like, you know, CBT therapy, medication if needed. um, But I'm a therapy first type of person. But um, yeah, so as soon as possible, as soon as possible. Is that assessment process difficult? Cuz I've also heard that people are like it took me
1: months to get in and figure it out and I know the healthcare system is it can be hard and challenging to navigate. But like what is that, what does that look like for you on on your end? Do you see that it's been challenging for people to get an assessment?
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, um, I, I I have people all the time, they come to my practice and say, you know, I've been on somebody else's wait list for months or I've been on, you know, I've been waiting for this clinic for, you know, X amount of, of time, like ridiculously long periods of time. So yeah, unfortunately, it is difficult to get in with these people, um, but it shouldn't be, right? right. Like I'm a, I'm a firm believer, like it's great to have clients, it's, be, it's great to be able to have a wait list, but if you had at the point, as a, a therapist Or a psychiatrist Or whatever you are That you have a wait list Like we gotta keep in mind People's well being Like refer out To other people Cause they I mean you might wanna You know use, Take them on as a client But at the end right. of the day They need help With whatever they're suffering with So I, I'm not a believer In like you know Wait lists And things of that nature Because that just makes The process a lot more difficult And also Uh Keep in mind, a lot of people that I work with, they want to find a black therapist. So that's even more difficult for people. So
1: you taking insurance? <laughs> you taking insurance? What are you? A private? Right. Person, private let, let me
0: get you on the front. <laughs> right. I'm like,
1: huh, I think I found my therapist. Hold on.
0: I think I found my doc. Come on over. <laughs> come on <laughs> So once people like do get in Like get through the waiting period What is the typical time that it takes To be assessed Because I can imagine that there's a lot of different steps That people have to go through
2: Yeah it depends on the type of assessment They're doing Um, So we have like What's called a comprehensive battery Which basically means that the person uh, Comes to the to the office And they're provided with like a series Of tests uh, based on like You know a cognitive test Going into like um, attention Things of that nature that really can take like a full Eight hour day and mm-hmm. it can take like Another month to actually score it And write up the results so that's After like actually getting in with your Therapist it like it, it takes that long um, But other people so In my practice so I might send home like a shorter what we call a battery so like a a questionnaire that might be like 200 questions long right so even though it's not as comprehensive and long as the comprehensive stuff it'll take a it'll be a lot quicker for me to get the results and be able to provide you with the tools necessary um but if i do find i have a client that'll benefit from like a more comprehensive longer form test then i'll just refer them out to somebody else but i try my best like to to keep the timeline quick I wonder when you're doing these types of
1: assessments. Is there like a spectrum? I I think when we hear the word spectrum, we think linear, right? Like either you're here or you're here. And is there like, okay, I'm so high functioning that you might miss it on the test? Or Mm -hmm. is it giving? Once you answer this way, we kind of can get an idea that it's probably that.
2: Yeah. So that happens all the time, especially with girls, um, especially like with young girls. They they often go like underdiagnosed um, with with ADHD, because when we do, um, you know, see girls that are di- that have the criteria for ADHD, usually it's that inattention piece. Yeah. Right. And so if you think about it, so like think about being in a classroom setting, you're in a classroom full of children, the teachers there, they're more likely going to notice the behavioral problems because they're constantly saying, like, Johnny, sit down, like, do your work, blah, blah, blah. That's the kid with the hyperactive type. Girls usually. Yeah, so. From a societal standpoint for various reasons, girls usually present with like the inattentive type as opposed to the hyperactive type. But because like we're so focused on the hyperactive student, we're more likely going to miss the the, uh, young girl who has the same diagnosis, but it presents differently, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So is there, would, would would you miss it on an
1: assessment if I came in and I did the assessment because I feel like so many people have gotten really great at masking, whatever yeah. it is that, you know, like uh, being more normal, right? Like yeah. not deviating. If this is the way that people normally study, I study this way as well. Or mm-hmm. if this is the way I see creativity happen, I'm going to be, try to be creative in this way as well. Yeah. Is that masking and like coping mechanism, would that get
0: like, I'm trying to wear it. You know what I mean? Like you're saying, would that prevent them from being able to see that? Okay, yeah, there actually yeah. is like some ADHD here. Yeah, that that
2: definitely can happen. Um, especially if you're like that high functioning yeah. type, right? So it's it's not impacting you at work or your grades or whatever because you're always on top of stuff. Like mm-hmm. then people might miss that clinicians might miss that um but as a clinician like it's our job to do thorough assessments and to you know talk to you thoroughly interview you have you fill out a questionnaire maybe talk to you know somebody who you give us permission to talk to like a, a parent or a teacher or whatever um just so we can have like a full understanding of how you're presenting in all settings so that we're not missing it I like that. Bring the village in.
0: I like that too. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's why it's important for us to have conversations like this, because I know, again, not saying that, Germany, you have a diagnosis, but (laughs) just the fact that you've become more aware of it and you've been able to identify that maybe this may be something that I have been affected with and you've been able to communicate that. I myself have been like, I need to have some more grace and patience here because there may be something that's actually going on and I don't want to be, you know, ha- being impatient or being like, girl, what the fuck? When it's actually <laughs> like, you know, yeah, something that's out of your control. So do you think that some level of self-diagnosis may be helpful in yeah. cases like that? Yeah,
2: I think so. I'm not against. Let me just be clear. I'm I'm not against self diagnosis because I, I think that's why they was coming for me on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. They they didn't get what I was trying to say. I'm not against it. I think that. like we should be concerned like okay well wait if they're saying they experienced this and i experienced that too like does that mean i have it i'm just saying if you feel like you meet the criteria it's also important to kind of like you know see a professional but i do think there's there's value in kind of like seeing where you are and saying okay do i meet the criteria for this we should Mm -hmm. be you know inquisitive like that yeah you know with with i think another thing is like
1: with the digital age so many Outlets, platforms, clinicians, whatever they are, whatever you have you, are trying to make resources more available. Like, yes. child, I was on TikTok and I seen somebody say, take this self assessment. And I almost went to the page, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Yes. So, how can we? Um, Differentiate or decipher What is a credible source Versus what isn't A credible source
2: Yeah Really um, Well one of the ways Is like Really assessing Who you're getting The information from Um, So I think that You know Following credible sources Like people Who And not saying You you have to be Like a licensed Clinician in this But like If you're even Like an advocate A mental health advocate Meaning I don't have Any formal knowledge In mental health But I'm here Just to kind of like Tell you what the research says Or I'm here to tell you my experience or whatever like it, it really depends on that person's credibility but if i'm you know if, if you see somebody randomly on your timeline talking about they i'm trying to figure out what they said um because i was looking at a video on tiktok they say it's likely you have adhd if you watch reality tv all day i'm like well i've been at okay. adhd if that's okay. <laughs> because, like i like reality tv like that's right one of my guilty pleasures um, but yeah so it, it's, it's nothing that empirically supports that you have ADHD because you're, you know, do that. So it's really just about vetting your sources.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. I would say definitely vet the sources and don't stop at the people who are given the information. If you feel mm-hmm. like there's some resonance, then take it a step further and say, you know what? Let me just double check. Let me just go see a physician. Yes. I know that everybody has, you know, they're at a different point in their health journey. But I would be like, let me just write it off or confirm it. Right. <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure. Instead of just being like, Yeah, I know, I got it and then just going around and moving like that when you really right. don't know. It can We're be telling something... people
2: you have it and you fucking don't.
0: Like, <laughs> yes. girl, stop
2: saying telling us that.
0: Shit. Right.
2: The wild thing is Even though it might feel like ADHD, we have like something that's called symptom crossover, basically, for the DSM, Mm -hmm. right? So that means that one can present with a symptom that also mimics another diagnosis, Mm -hmm. right? That's why we do these questionnaires and assessments because a symptom of anxiety is having a hard time focusing, and being kind of like jittery, jittery or what we call psychomotor agitation, right? Mm. So so that's why it's really important to see like the full criteria. Like, do I meet this? Is it in multiple settings? Um, and, you know, can I talk to a professional to help me, you know, divvy this out? Because it, it could be other things as well. Yeah might have a lot on your mind, too. You yeah. might need to talk to somebody. So I'm, like, so, I'm yeah. like so
0: I'm like, let me set up the doctor, the appointment with the doctor, a therapist. <laughs> right. And then let me get some meditation and all. It's just right. so much we have to do to try to manage ourselves. Because, yeah, sometimes even like, you know, when we go to the doctor and you tell them, Like our regular primary care physicians and you tell them something, they're like, oh, it's probably anxiety. And it's like, hold on, sis. Let's just go through everything. (laughs) (laughs) Pull out your uh, diagnostic, (laughs) scientific. Pull (laughs) it out. Do you have a DSM in in (laughs) the office? Please, don't just write it off as anxiety.
1: Please, girl. Yeah. For sure. That happens a lot. It does. But speaking (laughs) about... um, Noticing things and bringing it up to your friends and just talking to your family about it I know because I have been having these feelings and I do want to get a like clinical diagnosis or or write it off Baby, take it off the chart, right? You know, I want to talk to somebody in the meantime I've been bringing things up to the people that I trust and like I care about like I think this might be a thing um, and i've ran into the situation where somebody was like you don't have that like you don't have it how what do you have do you have any recommendation for like how we should handle that um when we're having these conversations with our friends and family like slow down okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, you know so, we diagnosing ourselves and people ain't yeah. <laughs> they not
2: validating our experiences <laughs> yeah. girl I feel like I have yeah right right okay so so let me ask you this so when you're telling them this information what's your goal like what what is the reaction that you want them to have so I was just, sharing. I didn't want no damn reaction. I didn't want no feedback.
1: It was a listening okay. only type of moment. Mm. I had, I was just sharing a story of an experience where I felt like it showed up in my life, right? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this happened this weekend. It was kind of interesting. And immediately they were just like, you don't have, you don't have ADHD. Okay. And I was like, well, like, well, I've been looking at right. <laughs> sources and I've been, you know. There's alignment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's given that there might be some crossover here. Right. Um, And I, I was just like, Well, whatever You might think I don't I might think I do And the only person Who will be able to decide Is somebody who's licensed So it wasn't like A back and forth But I'm just thinking About that feeling Where we it sort of like makes us either second guess or undermine our own processing and our own awareness around like should I get help because we rely on the people around us to help inform our decisions at least I do I use my friends and my family as a soundboard and I think it's called verbal processing I do a lot of verbal processing with the people around me so for someone to say Nah, you don't. It, it'll kind of make me be like, it's invalidating. Maybe, yeah, it's, it's invalidating. Yeah. And like, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. hyper focused on this because I think this is happening. But maybe it's not a thing. Yeah. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I 100 percent get that. And um, that's really common. Right. And so the reason why I asked you like what's your goal in, in that conversation, because you might be talking to a friend who is like they they're like problem solving first, right? Mm. So like my friends coming to me telling me information, I'm gonna give them the feedback that they're looking for. Whole yeah. time they don't know that you're just looking for a listening ear. And so like when we go into those types of conversations, it might be good to be candid, like, hey, can I talk to you about something? I just need you to listen though. I don't want you to problem solve, or I don't I don't want you to give me feedback. I just yeah. want you to listen a listening ear. Um, And that way, like, you're kind of preventing them from invalidating your lived experience. Because that's not cool. Who wants to get a little invalidated? Yeah, Yeah. I agree.
0: And I think also, like, when we hear ADHD, there may be, like, a stigma or also, like, a... ignorance because i know for me i thought that adhd showed up differently because like you were mentioning early shonda Mm -hmm. back in the day it's like oh that person is hyper they can't sit down they bouncing Mm -hmm. off the walls so that's a lot of what's ingrained in our minds to be like you you don't have that you Mm -hmm. do not have that i know how it usually shows up and that's not you not Mm -hmm. to say that you know That that's right or that it doesn't invalidate Your experience I just think again That that's why it's even better that we're Having these conversations because we're gonna Start to see that so many People are affected by This and they've been suffering in silence Because as more and more people Come up and they're like I have ADHD. I have ADHD. I'm like, girl, what? It's changing the face oh. of
1: ADHD. I it will is. say it that. Is. It's like, okay. And, and then I think that also liberates us and empowers us to go yes. get an assessment because it's like, oh, it don't look like a little white boy running around the classroom, yes. you know,
2: the, being destructive. Oh, it, right, looks like right. me. Yes. it looks like me. It right. looks like me. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. that's Because yeah.
2: That, unfortunately, that's the prototype that we made it, like the little white boy who's diagnosed mm-hmm. with it. Um, y'all follow Consciously on TikTok? No. No. Okay, he's really dope. So he talks a lot about, you know, black people, black culture, whatever. Um, I had him on my podcast. He was talking about how he was recently diagnosed with ADHD in his early 30s. And he was talking about how validating the experience was for him, where um, you know, feeling like, you know, I've been through all of this throughout my life in school, you know, getting suspended, getting in trouble at school, whatever. Now I have a re I have something to give me uh it makes me feel validated. Like I know yeah. why this was happening. Um, um, and he was also saying he experienced a sense of like survivor's guilt, survivor's remorse, because mm. his friends never got diagnosed with it. But they presented with the same type of um, diagnostic criteria he did. So he's saying like his life was different, like after getting diagnosed, getting the resources, whereas like his friends were like they, they ended up like in, in jail and not having mm. the same opportunity because of the the underdiagnosis of ADHD, because we tend to see it as that little white boy's disorder. Exactly. So, yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, please, somebody help me.
1: Help me figure out what it'll answer so many questions. Yeah. I'm like, all my questions will be
0: answered. You're helping you, though. You're setting up the things in place so that you can see if it's a thing or not. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's good. I commend you for that. (laughs) Yes. Dr. Shonda, you have really dropped so much knowledge on us. I know the girlies are going to feel empowered and tooled up to go do what they need to do. Um, So we are so appreciative of you coming and speaking with us today. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on
2: Instagram and TikTok at the Paging, at Paging Dr. Shonda. You guys can also find my podcast, uh, the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, um, which is now as of today on Revolt TV. So yes! guys, that. congratulations. <laughs> Super excited. Thank you. Y'all got to come on. Yes,
0: yes we'd <laughs> love to. we anytime. love to. Before yeah.
1: we let you go, do you feel like or do you think there's anything about ADHD that we left out or that people should know about that we didn't talk about?
2: Yeah, I just want to reiterate what you were saying Like if you feel as though, you know, you have questions about it Or if you feel like, you know, you meet the criteria based on what you saw Or you heard or whatever, reach out for help Like that's why we're here If you're on somebody's wait list for too long to get assessed Like reach out to somebody else so that you can get in as soon as possible uh, Because we want you to get the resources that you need To be as successful in life as possible Period You heard it here And that's what we're doing,
1: being successful (laughs) as possible
0: Alrighty, Doctor Sean, to keep being great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. All right, y'all.
1: More Black Girl Bravado coming up right after this. Okay, honey. So, now it's time for the well if you ask me segment. So, this is the part of the show where you can send in your comments, your questions, your requests for advice. And again, you're asking us, this is our damn opinion. Yes. <laughs>
0: that's that's all it is. The opinion based. Opinion so, based. Let's get into it. We have a note from our homegirl She says, hey Brittany in Germany I have a little dilemma I'm 27 And I've been dating my boyfriend for two years I moved out of home about a year ago A few months ago Moved in with my boyfriend The idea was to cut down on cost and save up together, which has been going okay. However, I still feel like I want to continue living by myself for a little longer, and ideally, I wanted to move in together when we're engaged. We spend so much time together, I just don't see the rush of living together. Don't get me wrong, I love my boyfriend and love our relationship. I'm scared breaking this to him might shake things up and don't want to regret making this decision. Help a homegirl out. Love you both. Hey, boo. Now, it's definitely going to shake things up. Yeah, because they already live together.
1: Yeah. You know, once you go from um, dual income,
0: no kids the and dink. split it up, split it up. Now we back to single. single OK, woman. but what what would be your advice as a woman who lives with her boyfriend? Because I have my thoughts, but I've never I've never lived with a sick other. So um, I know you were excited to do it.
1: I was excited to do it, but I also think because I had lived by myself for 10 years, I had different feelings. So, um, she just moved out of, just moved out of home. So she hasn't had the experience of living by herself. So, um, I enjoy living with my partner. However, it was a transition. It was difficult because I enjoyed living alone. So I think that if you, Think that there is something to gain for you by living alone and having that freedom and independence, then honor that and explain that to him that I'm 27, I've been home this whole time, I've never experienced living alone. It has no um it's no bearing or weight on what our relationship is or how I feel about us together. This is just something that I think I need to do for me. And we can revisit moving together maybe in two years, or maybe this is a great time for you guys to talk about the timeline of be a relationship and the engagement no pressure but when do you see that happening how about we live separately until that happens this isn't an ultimatum but this will be a great opportunity for me to have this experience for myself and then we you know run it back yeah i know my, my my partner had never well he had lived alone by himself um at one point for like two years, but he really wanted to live by himself before we moved together and child. That didn't happen. Girl, it didn't. I'm like, bring your ass home. You
0: were excited about it. I'm
1: like, let's go. But, and we actually had the conversation recently. How do you feel now? Do you feel like it would have made a difference? And he's like, yeah, but if you feel like you need it, you have to honor that part of yourself and your desires. What are your thoughts as a single woman who's never lived with a man?
0: I love living alone so much. I don't know how I'm going to adapt When the time comes to live with a significant other like her, I kind of have the same sentiments of I don't want to I don't want to initiate that process until being engaged. That was my thought for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I probably can be a little bit more flexible on that, depending on the seriousness of the relationship, especially with the amount of the cost of living as well. But. I don't want to just move I don't want to just move with somebody just because we're dating like it would definitely need to be a end goal a noted end goal in mind because I just enjoy the freedom so much yeah I love it so much yeah I really do
1: And, and and also something to mention is that you brought up that you guys already spent a lot of time together Really consider the dynamic of your relationship and what it is that you personally need. I don't know if that's extra space, maybe making sure that you take time outside of the home so that you feel like you have that independence. And like, you know, you're able to cultivate and nurture that aspect of yourself outside of your relationship. For me, i still be feeling like I'd be home. My partner travels a lot. We have opposite schedules. yeah. So I don't feel as um, bombarded with like us spending a lot of time together. I'd be like, oh, shit, he ain't even here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing is to like sit down and have that conversation like, babe, this is how I've been feeling.
0: Yeah, I think I think having the open communication is definitely good because. It just makes it just makes it so that there's honesty there and everyone understands where, you know, that each of you stand mm-hmm. and creating that open forum and that open dialogue. You know, maybe even if you decide to stay, you communicate it, your true feelings like, you know what? I'm thinking about this, not to say I'm going to act on it, yeah. but this is just a thought like maybe don't come to him like, you know, I'm moving out. Right Maybe come at him with You know I'm kind of Having these feelings Of me never living alone And that way you guys Can you know Go back and forth With the conversation And see where you land um, But I would definitely think It's a conversation Worth having If you're having These feelings And they're valid Because some people Feel like you know They never needed To live alone And some people Do wish like you know I would have loved To have lived alone
1: Yeah yeah I really appreciated My time alone
0: I love that as a young A young black girl
1: <laughs> Yes I did I love that Coming and going and Mm -hmm. being out with your friends and it's just honestly a a different energy it's a different energy that you're in when you are living alone versus when you live with a man yeah and all of the other um, responsibilities and obligations that come with living with a man
0: girl because as soon as a man does an extended stay at my home or even if i do an extended stay at theirs i'd be like i'm so happy that i have a little bit of a honeycomb hideout (laughs) one that you can retreat to (laughs) i'm so happy i have a little lily pad i can hop to. right yeah yeah oh i'd be so happy like okay (laughs) bye i'll see you later (laughs) yes
1: yes yes so have the conversation with your your partner it's necessary hopefully that helped
0: hopefully okay y'all now it's time for the last segment it is time to pick up your pen we're dropping a chance okay so this is a part of the show where we share the things that we're feeling that maybe inspired us wrecked us checked us products mm-hmm. and that is just what we're sharing today our girls from good moms bad choices erica Dickerson and Jamila Map they wrote a book and that is a major accomplishment. We have known these girlies since they first started podcasts and to see where this journey has taken them is beyond inspiring. So they wrote a book, "Good the Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices." You do not have to be a mom to read this. Great storytelling, great tips, great advice in there. So highly encourage you to pick it up from your local bookstore. Or, or Amazon Audible. Audible. Or, it's or Audible, Audible.
1: So on Audible Yes Let's support our girlies Grab it The link will be down In the show notes To make it even easier For you I think We're gonna head out
0: Yes we are gonna head out That is a wrap On our mental health series Next month We are talking All about friendship Y'all know we love friendship Over here June is the month Of friendship for us At the Black Girl Bravado So Come back Bring your home girls Back with you Period Period it's going to be a fun month. Yeah. Tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl to pull up on us here at the
1: Black Girl bottle Podcast. Sure. We'll see you later. Love you. Bye. Bye.